from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Silver 7's on a Thursday. Mateo's here running things. John Von Tobel, Steve Cofield. It's our ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas hour live at Silver 7's getting ready for Thursday night football. Great place to watch here in Sin City. Let's get to the big four at four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the big four at four. Number four. I want to throw something in real quick before we get to the big four at four. The place I was mentioning last hour to Paul Carcaterra, who's a New York guy who's in L.A., and he was kind of kind of lukewarm on L.A. The place I was talking about, Fat Sal's. Okay. It's actually owned by Turtle. I never watched it. You never watched it? Entourage or Encore? Yeah, yeah. Entourage. Entourage, okay. Yeah. Nothing. It's got the fat sandwiches. Why is his name Turtle? And what are fat sandwiches? You know what? I don't know what the I don't know why the nick I don't know why his nickname was Turtle. Okay. I, again, I wasn't a big fan of that show either. Okay. Fat sandwiches are basically they're they're kind of you can get them almost in every city now. Um, they were I don't know where they were started. I know where I went to school they had them. They had food trucks with fat sandwiches, and basically it's like it's just like piling everything that you would eat as a college student into one sandwich. So it'd be like burger, mozzarella sticks, chicken fingers, fries. Okay. With some kind of sauce. I like it. Sounds good. I mean, I will say that I went when I went to Atlantic City, uh, I was told over and over again that uh, the White House subs were the spot. It's like this very tiny. What do you think? They were solid. They're I mean, solid, they got an yeah. Italian. It, what I liked about it was it was packed. Like the, there was a fat chunk of meat in there, yeah. and I like fat meat in my sandwiches. So just get it in there, load it up, so I can shovel it down. It was good. I was like the bread at the White House. That's what I was told because the water is different. I don't the know. The bread was, was good. It was very crispy. Yeah, had some texture to it. I've got a picture of it. Hit, see it. hit number four again. Yes, I'm, number four. I might want to see it. Let's talk Frankie Lasagna. Wait, that's a real person, huh? Yeah, who's oh, Frankie Lasagna? So Frankie Lasagna, uh, otherwise known as Francesco, uh, he was one of the two men that you saw attempt to catch the home run ball from Aaron Judge the other day, and uh, he did not get it. But he got to appear on a morning show in Toronto, Steve. He's very he's very famous now. Fire this. We have tracked down Frankie Lasagna in Toronto at his own restaurant at Harvard in Ossington called Tarazza. Frankie Lasagna, welcome to Breakfast hey. Television. Oh, thank you, thank you. Buongiorno, thank you for being here. First Buongiorno. things first. Yes. Is your last name really lasagna? I say yes. I think you and your founding fathers helped to invent it. To be truthful, my name isn't Frankie Lasagna. I think You're we were right. Is Francesco Lasagna? Oh, it's Francesco oh, Lasagna. Francesco Lasagna. <laughs> right. Hey. right. I like the energy on that morning show. Oh no, you don't. I thought, I no. thought, the, I thought the leads were really good. You can you can bring energy in the morning without being like over the top, ridiculous, slamming the desk. Everybody laugh in the background. <laughs> it was hilarious. We didn't see it coming. We thought he was going to say his last name was something different, but instead he said his first name was something different. It was hilarious. What is wrong with you? That's the morning feel, my friend. No, it's too no. Because here's the thing. Let me ask you this: When you wake up first thing in the morning, do you like a little bit of a ramp up to your day, or do you like 
Your ass now coming. Hey, Steve, 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 Steve. What's up, man? Hey, let's go. Hey, 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 hey I got jokes. What's up, man? Like, no, like, mm-hmm. relax. Truth be told, she does that. Right. And sometimes <laughs> I'm sure you kind of want to be like, all right. She, she did it this morning, and I was still kind of grumbly and waking up. Right. Shocker. Me, grumbly. I think morning TV at times is pretty good, and other times it's awful, and I think that was one of the examples of it being awful. I, I, I don't even I, care what Francesco Lasagna has to say. I, I thought it was fine. I, and I'm also, we've talked about this. There was a, I don't think they're on the air anymore, but there was a local radio show that did background laughing guy, yep. but it was like on every, every joke. We don't need it. The producers, I get it. You're there to bring the energy up too and everything like that, but like it wasn't that funny. And the joke too, like, I bet your forefathers, they created lasagna. Like, okay, we're done. I'm killing the layers of the lasagna. Yes. Oh, clearly the wrestling promo has begun, Francesco Lasagna. Okay, so, Francesco. Francesco, here's the other thing. We had this debate. Had you caught the ball, would you have kept it for a potential million-dollar, you know, trade-off for it? I would start the negotiating by inviting uh, Mr. Judge to the Terrazzo restaurant, (laughs) make him some pasta, and then we can start from there. That guy's smart. I like that answer. That's a great answer. Don't worry about the money. Get the free pub for your business. Right. I think that would be very smart. But, like, it goes over their heads. I don't think they understand. They're like, would you, would you make lasagna for them, Francesco? <laughs> I like those kind of morning shows. So pick me up. It's ridiculous. Not everyone has to do the same kind of radio and TV, John. There's no shot that you would watch something like that. There's no way. I uh, actually heard people getting on uh, Frankie, lasagna, and the other guy who both had gloves, and neither one of them caught the ball. Are people, a, are people being serious on this? That was kind of a tough grab. What are they talking about? And it was about? mostly from unathletic dorks. Right. You would have no shot to make that catch. Right. Also, I mean, it was kind of precariously high. Yeah, I'm not flipping over the edge for a potential payoff with a chance that I might break a bone or paralyze myself. Die? Like, yeah, at least I got the home run right. ball. You got to lay out. <laughs> I saw that, too. I did not Shut understand up. it. Nobody would catch it. I would. Number three. By the way, there's my there's my White House sub. That is a good looking yeah, sub. Right? What is that? A meat, uh, meat Italian. Oh, an Italian. I'm an Italian. What is that tomatoes on top? Yeah, that looks good. Yeah. A little oregano. Uh, it's, yeah, oregano. Some spicy relish. Some white onions. Really spicy relish. I'm a big spicy relish guy. Oil and vinegar with the spicy relish. Oh yeah. You did. Oh yeah. I'm proud of you. That makes a sandwich. Advice for everyone who makes sandwiches here, and I know some places do a good job. Got to go with more uh, oil and vinegar. Yes. It's got to be drenching. It's drenching, not. drenched, drenching, drenched. I want to, <laughs> when I look at the wrapper of my sandwich, I want, like, wet spots on yeah. the wrapper. Wanna Absolutely. want to know. Boy, that got awkward. That got creepy. I said drenching. I said but, massive meat. But I'm not Russell Wilson. I Now I just think, after the, let's ride, uh, I think he's now trolling us. Why do videos keep coming out with odd Russell Wilson, here he is for, you know, speak of the devil, a sandwich shop talking about his danger witch. You want to split this Subway sandwich? It is my signature sandwich. It's called the danger witch, and it's dangerously good. Be careful, though. It's spicy. You ever done anything dangerous? That is dangerous. I've done something like that, too. Listen, one time, never mind. That's too dangerous. Anyways, my danger witch, it's only in the vault. That's our little secret. Okay, what did he say at the end? Is think, it in a bowl or a vault? A vault or I don't know. 
Maybe it's like somewhere you get Subway sandwiches. I don't know. Like the app. I okay. I didn't see. Here's the deal. That audio we just played. I didn't have that much of a problem with that because what we did, the vast production crew, one forgot to beep out the uh, sandwich shop, but two actually did a really beautiful job of crunching out all the dead space. It was the awkwardness of him speaking while eating and, the and, then, and then taking bites. And I kept looking at him like, is this cut like brilliantly on the video where they're not getting all of his chewing? I couldn't tell, but he was eating the whole time. And it just, like, it dragged along. You're like, where is this going, Russell Wilson? So here's a, there, I, we need to peer, peel this back because there's a couple things. We need to get this out of the way first and foremost. This video is brilliant. It is one of the greatest oh, things yeah, I've like, ever like it. seen. Because, first off, you start with the mystery. It gets posted, gets deleted. Everybody's like, oh, what's this, right? So it gets snagged before it gets, because you can never post anything on the internet without getting deleted forever. Okay? So then it gets snagged. The reason why it's videotaped the way that it is with the elongated silence and, like, the pretending to talk to you is it's made for TikTok, which means people, they want people to stitch it. They want to have videos with it, respond to Russ, all that kind of stuff. It's the reason why it's filmed that way. It has become so big, and people are watching it so much. What they did here was brilliant. They're getting their ad out there to so many people because people keep, they think they're in on the joke. They're like, let's laugh at Russ. No, you're falling for the trap. They want you to watch it. They want their yeah, pub why, out there. Why am I reading that they deleted it? Because that's all part of the mystique. Of course. Because now you think they're embarrassed oh. by it, so you're going to share it even more. They're, they're, they're playing yes. us by deleting it, saying it was embarrassing, but really it wasn't. That was the whole play. And so what's happened? It is blown up, and everybody keeps sharing it and watching it. It is hilarious. Now, a couple of things here. First off, I liked the comparison. Somebody said that he was speaking like somebody who had a victim tied up to a chair with their mouth gagged and that they couldn't escape from him. I thought that was also very brilliant. Uh, and his line about it being spicy, it was very Russ Wilson. If you actually look at what's on the sandwich, you know what makes it spicy? Banana peppers. It's like the least spicy right, of right, the peppers. Right. But it's so perfectly Russell Wilson. And careful, it's spicy, folks. You don't want to get too much of it. That's right. Number two. What do you think of Dan Orlovsky going after Derek Carr? But starting it off by saying it looks like he's purpose, uh, purposely, purposefully, whatever the word was, uh, not throwing to Devontae Adams. I thought it was kind of Bush League. Like, that's, that's dumb. It's flat-out dumb. Now, if you want to say, if you want to start your analysis with he's missing Devontae Adams, He's not seeing him. You know, he's not reading the coverages correctly and finding Devontae Adams open in these spots. I think that's the way you do it. To say and imply with the word purposefully that he's ignoring the guy he recruited to come over here, his old college teammate, that's ridiculous. It's one of the dumbest things I've heard. What, like, why would Derek Carr? Why would Derek Carr do everything? I don't know why I would say. I don't know why Orlovsky would say it. You, you played right. in the NFL. You played college football. Cut it out, dude. Exactly. And I get it. You're trying to be media guy, whatever it is, and maybe you're just trying to get clicks because right now you're in the media space. But to imply that Derek Carr had a hand in bringing him in here, and now all of a sudden he's going to ignore Devontae Adams on purpose. It's it's dumb. It is very stupid. And here's the thing, too. When you watch the clips that that Orlovsky presents in those uh, in those things, Carr's clearly just doesn't see him. He clearly just doesn't see him. He's not ignoring well, him. And as Caleb Herring said yesterday when he examined the video and the breakdown, he's like, maybe he couldn't get it to him. He's not Aaron Rodgers. So stop stop saying Aaron Rodgers did this all the time. Number one. And then there's a couple other things 
with the Raiders where people are going a little overboard here. You're trying to pinpoint a problem. Uh, one, the defense has not been good of late. The yards per play against the Titans was gross. At one point in the first half, they were averaging 9.1 yards per play, the Titans, and they ended up with 6.6. So, look, you don't want to go one for 12 on third down, and you don't want to turn the ball over in the red zone, especially when it's a two-score game. All of those things are true. But to allow 6.6 yards per play defensively, that's a nightmare. You can't let that happen, especially for a Titans team that's looked really inconsistent offensively in the early part of the season. Now a good follow-up, though, on Carr and Devontae Adams. What were your numbers on targets and drops? So if you look at it, Devontae Adams' reception rate of 56.7%, so essentially it's just receptions to targets and what the ratio is there. So he's got 17 of his 30 targets, but he hasn't been charged with a drop. Yeah, that so means... So basically 13 uncatchable balls? Exactly. That's on Derek Carr. I think it's very it's fair to say that Carr has not been good through these first three games of the season. Whatever the reason is, he just hasn't been good. I don't think he's comfortable in the offense, which yep. guess whose job it is to fix that? Carr? No. Lombardi and especially Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. Make him more comfortable. And maybe don't put out there like, uh, he's got final say at the line of scrimmage, man. I don't know. Yeah, there's something going on already. I think. Right? There's some weird messages in these press conferences, and I, I don't know. There's a, th- This week's been very weird with the Raiders and some of the messaging and some of the immaturity along the way. The Big Four at Four is presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers in Reno and Vegas. 766-1400 is the number. Let's continue the possession. Stevenson and Connor. Connor pokes it out in front. Room for Colasar. They score! Keegan Colasar finishes it off, extending the Knights' lead. 5 nothing Vegas. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Let's talk a little Golden Knights here on ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. John Von Tobel is here. Dan Duva, the voice on that call, and Dan is with Cofield and Company. Dan, how you doing? I'm great. I'm just sorry I don't have a TikTok video to promote my new Subway sandwich. <laughs> you know, I've been asking everyone who may be a little bit longer in the tooth, do any of us need to be up on TikTok, do sports radio, do announcers, play-by-play guy? Is there something we can do on TikTok? Well, I mean, uh, other than my TikTok burner account, uh, probably not. <laughs> uh, I, can I interject really quickly? Yeah, of course. I, I think, Dan, actually, like somebody like you, you would make a killing because I think a lot of people like behind-the-scenes stuff. So like a day in the life of and what your day is like, a game day, what you do, all of those sort of things, that would create a very massive following. Yeah, I think uh, we've got to get an intern on that or something. Some, somebody, <laughs> if somebody out there will click on it and watch it, it'll generate views. I think then uh, we, we might have to look into it for sure. So two I times just hope they listen on the radio. Yeah, Dan's like, uh, no, I'm not doing TikTok. Uh, what did you do during? <laughs> what did you do during the summer? Back east, uh, and it's funny to get <laughs> working with students is a, a thing that I've done for a while. And I was I was in the minors in Syracuse uh, teaching there, but you know interns and Cape Cod baseball. Uh, you might know that you know the best college baseball players go. The Cape Cod, uh, including Vegas' own Chris Bryant, played for the Chatham A's in 2011. Once upon a time, I was the team's broadcaster when I was in college. So I go back and coach the student broadcasters and hang out in Chatham, Massachusetts, which is not a bad place to be, and also spend some time uh, back home with the family in New Jersey. So uh, most of the, the offseason, as long as it was, 
back, uh, back in the Garden State or uh, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. You know, when the Raiders job opened up, I made a list of broadcasters, and I was hoping they would go local. And, you know, I work with John Sandler and Russ Langer, who do a really good job. And I'm not just saying this because you're on, but I had you on top of the list. Would you consider doing NFL on radio? I, I think you'd be great at it. Well, thank you. That's very kind. I did see that. I, I tried to not, you know, uh, retweet it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, I got into this just uh, for a love of sports. I grew up in New Jersey. And my, uh, my dad and my uncle have had New York Jet season tickets since the 70s. So oh boy. I love football. I broadcast high school football. I broadcast it in college. Okay. Um, done some high school football. But um, the, the, the I haven't done it in the last few years so i might be a little bit rusty but i've got to tell you uh jason horowitz the tremendous new announcer for the raiders uh, he and i were in school together he was two years ahead of me at syracuse so i was thrilled that uh that jason got the gig uh if he needs an emergency fill-in sure, yeah. I, I suppose i'd be uh, happy to, to step in i know that i could it's just been a couple of years since i called a football game but i i do love calling football i love fall it might be my favorite season of the four and part of that is just growing up, um, you know, high school football and that kind of stuff. So I, I love the game, follow it for sure, and uh, love uh, you know, love hearing Lincoln Kennedy and Jason Horowitz on the, on the play-by-play now. Yeah, Jason's done a good job so far. He's also a really good uh, talk show host on Sirius XM. So let's get into VGK. We don't have to go too uh, nuts and bolts since we're just starting off here. Uh, talk about what happened last night. What did you see? Yeah, I mean, they scored seven goals, uh, which <laughs> – was as uh, notable in that they only scored one in each of their first two games, and uh, the first couple of games were you know shut down. New head coach Bruce Cassidy put new systems in, and hey, look at what Boston had done under Bruce's mentorship. Um, they were very solid defensively, and that was the first thing that seems to have taken for this group of knights. Bruce Cassidy then wanted to say, "All right, now we need to get the offense going," and that's what they did. Instead of just scoring a goal and and uh, leaving it there. They made it 2 nothing after one and 4 nothing after two. So even without some of the, the top-flight players, uh, you score seven goals and win 7-1. It's a good thing, even though it was against a lot of prospects for Colorado. So that, that kind of leads to my question is, you know, we always talk about these preseason games in every single sport. How much do you take away success from the preseason and, and you know, build on it into the regular season? How much of it is an indicator of what's to come? Yeah, I don't think it's wins and losses that you look at it. It's more the, the individual uh, players that need a preseason. You think about Mark Stone, who might, I stress might, play tomorrow coming off of back surgery. You're looking at how quickly can he get up to speed, and then if he is up to speed, who is he playing with? Well, Chandler Stevenson is uh, coming off a career year. Those two seem to be tied together. So how many games do those two get to play together and who plays with them? So it's more the in the weeds of combinations and individuals rather than overall success. I mean, they could win seven to one or lose seven to one. I don't think that has much of a bearing because they're not putting out a lineup that will resemble a regular season lineup. At least not yet. Not in the first few games. Maybe a little closer tomorrow, but it's not going to be an NHL lineup in total tomorrow. Dan Duva, video uh, radio voice of the Knights, on with Cofield and company. You mentioned. The system, the system changes. What, what sort of changes could the casual fan see with Bruce Cassidy's system? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it will be in the weeds. One thing that comes to mind is the penalty kill, which Golden Knights have historically been very good at that. 
a John Stevens assistant coach for the Knights. He's new into the organization this year. He's previously been an NHL head coach. Penalty kill is going to be more controlled, less freewheeling. Um, that's, uh, that change is something that they've drilled home to the guys and some of the players have talked about realizing, okay, <laughs> we've got to readjust to that. A neutral zone is its interesting. Last year's neutral zone was different compared to the first few years of the Golden Knights. The new neutral zone, I think, is going to look more familiar from the earlier years and dissimilar from last year. Offensively, it's, it's probably going to look uh, more of the same. There's not going to be too much to change. Bruce Cassidy has said you've got a lot of offensive weapons here. The underscored word will be freedom. When you've got a Bill Kessel and a Jack Eichel, players like that, um, you don't want to overload them with too many systems or responsibilities. Give those guys freedom. So if, uh, if all that comes together, we'll see if the power play can kick it into gear, too. And right now they've separated Phil Kessel and uh, Jack Eichel to two different units because um, last I checked, there's only one puck on the ice at a time. Yeah. The health issues with Robin Leonard, did you see some of that maybe being more serious at the end of last season, or were you kind of shocked by the news over the summer that he was going to miss the season? Yeah, I, I can't say that I was shocked, but okay. you don't know the full extent of the challenges that somebody is contending with. So whether it was shoulder or their hips, I mean, Robin's a big guy. There's no disguising that. And uh, that's just in stark contrast to the typical body type you see at that position. So, um, you know, and Robin has had other injuries in his career. He had an ankle trouble at Buffalo earlier on, and um, he had a hard time coming back from that. And I, I don't know, but I would wonder if uh, that has something to do with his size. So if uh, that has had an impact on the, the offseason surgeries that he has had, uh, it would have, that, that's why it wouldn't shock me. But uh, to be out for that period of time, you do um, hope that he can use that time effectively and eventually get back to NHL form, but um, as the Golden Knights have said, he's not going to be available this year, so we haven't really heard too much talk about Robin Leonard in the last week. Is Logan Thompson ready to be you know, a 52-55 game starter this season? Boy, that's the question. He has earned the starter's job, Bruce Cassidy has said, by virtue of having been the starter at last season's end. The question is, how long can he hold on to it? He's been very good in the preseason. He's played a game and a half, given up just one goal, and has looked strong. you got a new goalie coach and Sean Burke. You wonder about that influence um, and what those guys are working on. Um, it's hard to evaluate a goaltender, especially one as young as Thompson, based on basically 90 minutes of hockey, uh, much of that against minor league players. Uh, Bruce Cassidy's system tends to make it easier for goaltenders. You can run down the list of successful goalies in Boston since Bruce Cassidy was there. So that, um, you know, that, that gives you some hope that um, Logan will not have to carry the load, but uh, they'll put him in a good situation. If he starts, I mean, I, I would guess that it, it, it's not going to be a 52-30 split. I, I would guess that the split is probably going to be, it'll probably be a mixture of guys. I mean, it's so rare to have two goalies stay healthy a whole season. But uh, if I had to guess, I'd say that at this point in time, Logan gets at least half of the games. You guys have some interesting trips coming up, kind of the, you know, the regional pitch uh, going north. Uh, I don't know if you've been to Boise and Salt Lake in the past, but those are nice stops for the Golden Knights and a treat for those fans up there. Yeah, I wish that we got to stay longer. Uh, the team did go to Salt Lake City last year to play the Kings, but we flew in, came, and then flew out right afterwards. So <laughs> got to check out 
Vivint Arena, which was not designed for hockey, but uh, they packed the place. It was it was pretty cool, and uh, it was remarkable just to walk along the concourse and see so many Golden Knights jerseys, but, you know, hockey jerseys of all stripes, college, pro, minor leagues, uh, high school players. That was really neat to see how the Golden Knights uh, have an impact. Hockey has a reach to someplace like uh, up, up in Salt Lake City. And then Boise, I've never been, but there's a minor league hockey team up there, and, uh, you know, the, the Steelheads have been a part of that community, so they, they like their hockey for sure. But to bring the NHL there, it's just a shame that it happens to be going on the same time as the Boise State football game. There you go. Uh, well, you know, they're gonna, I, I mean, I don't know about ticket sales, so I'm not going to say I guarantee it, but it's not a giant arena. It's actually a really nice, cozy arena. I think it'll yeah. do really well. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's not that often that a city of that size gets a major league sporting event, even it be a preseason NHL game. There are hockey people everywhere, and when hockey comes, people show up. So it's a neat thing for the organization to do and, you know, maybe make some uh, some cool connections and maybe some memories for some kids who have never seen a pro hockey game in person. Dan, you're awesome. You know, if you've got some free time, start up that TikTok, and you can give us a first look at <laughs> Boise for hockey. Come on. Let's do it. You know, when I do, you'll be the first person to know. Thanks, Dan. We appreciate the time. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. It actually really is cool, uh, Boise. Boise. Um, and that arena district, it's its pretty neat. But did Dan say it's uh, unusual for a small uh, market? Uh, Power 5 wishes? Uh, that could dash the hopes. Boise believes it's a big city. It's a Nevada Sports Talk Hour with Cofield and Company on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. Man, I don't know if we don't drug test our analysts, but we may have to start. Come on now. Why would, they've beaten Baltimore. They've beaten Buffalo. They've beaten New England. What more do you want? I mean, that's a Fugazi, you know, 3-0. We it all, is. But I don't think that Tua is a great quarterback. You know what I mean? I think he's a solid quarterback that's doing what he's supposed to do. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. That part, Scott? B-slapping Greeny? Kind of, yeah. I think there's different ways to make your argument about the Dolphins. Like? I, well, I, just, I see the path that he would go down to a certain extent. I think you want to put a little bit more substance behind it, especially like – so the opponents, for example. Uh, I agree. New England I, New England's not worth writing home about. I don't think the New England Patriots are very good. It's something I've said multiple times. So I bet them under their win total, so I'm in that camp. Uh, for Baltimore, it's very clearly a team that is built on thin ice. If you look at the way they break down statistically – they are extremely reliant on what Lamar Jackson has been doing, and he's not going to be able to keep that up. There's a very there's a very real possibility that the Ravens end up kind of falling out. Uh, everything falls out from underneath them, and they become a very average team instead of just going, ah, it's a Fugazi schedule. You can, you can make an argument in different ways. Although, Greeny clearly got flustered. <laughs> well, he totally got flustered because he got, he got slapped and then was like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, you would think that when you did radio with a partner for a long time, you'd be used to going back and forth, but not really much for uh, depends on the partner. Contentious conversations, contentious behind the scenes. Yeah, we know that. Point, yeah, uh, number on this game is Bengals four, totals forty nine. Uh, it's funny we were just talking during the break about social media. We we're busting shops with uh, Dan Duva, the play by play guy on radio of the Golden Knights. We were talking about TikTok, and I thought about doing it. Oh boy. I, and I keep asking everyone who's, you know, a little younger than me. And actually, Dan, as it turns out, is a lot younger than me. But, um, you know, folks in broadcasting, like, why? what's the reason for us to do 
a TikTok, and then you showed me a gambling video. Yeah. And there's a lot of gambling on TikTok. Like, I know you love gambling Reddit. Gambling, uh, gambling TikTok may be dumber. Yeah, so here's the thing, though. There's a very key difference. Sports gambling or sports betting Reddit is a whole bunch of bettors who are just, like, in a massive thing tank with a lot of bad ideas telling each other, that's a great idea. <laughs> sports betting TikTok is a bunch of people who think they're way smarter than they really are and then, of course, milk that crowd that I'm talking about on Sportsbook Reddit right. and build up massive followings with terrible advice. And it's not even terrible advice. Dumb advice that's outright wrong. One of the best videos I've ever seen was somebody asked me, goes, hey, man, what's, what is it when you hedge your bet? And the guy answered was like, man, hedging your bet is when you make a bet and you look like you're going to lose it, so then you bet the other side. And it's like, that's not hedging in any way, shape, or form. That is awful advice. And the best part is that video had 34,000 likes. Oh, no. And the co-hosts are like, yeah, yep, yep. And okay. you know what you're talking about. The, the snapping of the fingers. Didn't you, the you just showed me a person, I, and I watched it quickly. I thought the person said that they believed the Bengals being favored by one and a half against the Dolphins looked so wrong that he was going to jump on it. He just had to, and he just betted at Bengals minus three and a half. Yeah. I'm like, wait, it went through three, a key number. You've now got three in the hook, and now it's four. You're still betting it when it was a lower number inside of three? Hey, maybe what? maybe he makes the number six. Because like, here's the thing, okay, right? Yeah. You know what? Because I mean? like, that's the but, thing. But is, you didn't hear. Did, did we hear he that? Say, hey, my, he my power rating right. actually. This is so far off. <laughs> right. It's a six. So I'm going to even bet it at three and a half. Right. No. What his, his thing was? Yeah. This open one and a half. Thought that was weird. Didn't make any sense. Up to three and a half. You got to take what they give you. It's like three and a half. Yeah, that, that, that was one of the lines. <laughs> you you got to take, take what they, they give you. you. No, you don't. No. Uh -huh. That's actually no. That's no. And here's the thing. Even if let's say you're like I made this number six, you could bet three and a half. Or you could wait till they punt after the first drive and get that down to two and a half in like a second and then lay it that way, right? Like, that's the other way to think about it. Um, but, yeah, it's sports betting TikTok, man. man it's money to be made. Actually sounds like something I might want to do. I've kind of been wanting to do it, but I also don't have the patience. Would the you time. do that? That? Just be like alternate yeah. JBT character? Oh, that'd be good. Right? TBJ? Bags of money all the time when you win one out of five. Right. You're listening to Cofield and Company with the Battleborn Sports Hour presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyer 766 1400 anywhere in Nevada. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. At Brad Power 7, BradPowerSports.com. Let's get into the college football slate. We'll get a pick towards the end for Thursday night football. Brad is up. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's happening? A whole lot. A whole lot. I actually got to see Utah State up close uh, last week. They had some trouble against UNLV and a real lack of discipline, and that's the Thursday night game coming up here in just a couple minutes. The line, I think, is pushed past uh, 24 to now 25 and a half. Is BYU going to blow away Utah State? Well, I mean, that's the expectation as far as the point spread. The reason you saw a little bit of BYU money, it looks like Logan Bonner uh, is out. Tonight, and I heard word that he might be out for the season, so that's why you saw a little bit of money there. I, I don't know. He had not played well no, at all no. this season. So, I mean, someone asked me, and I thought, you know, prior to the season, maybe he's worth as many as three points. Right now, maybe a point. So, 
Uh, the only concern I would have for laying it with BYU would be they got a huge game here in town on deck against Notre Dame. So I don't know if the starters are in there in the fourth quarter looking for another score. So for me, I'm going to lean under. Okay. Uh, yeah, they have. it's like a double look at spot because they have the Notre Dame game here and then they're at, uh, or maybe they're hosting Arkansas, but they have Arkansas the following week. So we'll see. Utah State's going to be interesting because I saw a lot of kind of fraying and immaturity and stupid penalties and, um, but I will say Cooper Lega, Cooper Lega and uh, Levi Williams, I'm not even sure they're a point worse with the way Bonner was playing because he was just awful at times against UNLV. Yeah, I mean, six turnovers, too. <laughs> when you're minus six in turnovers, you're not going to win a football game. I like San Diego State tomorrow in the Mountain West game. I might need it here. We got Bachmeyer out. I mean, is this quarterback, the freshman, redshirt freshman, that much better? Cutters in is the OC. It just seems like a lot of tumult on the Boise side. It is, but I can tell you the market actually bought into it. I mean, with Bachmeyer and the OC out, I mean, everyone, the initial reaction was yours. We got down as low as four, and then we saw what I uh, sensed was very sharp money on Boise State. They, you know, bet them up from four all the way up to six and a half. My power ratings, you know, keep in mind, this ain't San Diego State from the last five, six years. I mean, this is not a good San Diego State team at all. I know they beat Toledo last week, but they were severely outgained. So I am going to go against the grain. And even with the backup quarterback in the new OCMLA with the Broncos. All right, so two more on Friday, the first of which I want to go to uh, late night. Uh, UNLV, the market has respected them, Brad, for the most part. It's moved in the direction almost every single game, except on Sunday. This opened up 14, got up to 17. Now we're back down to 14 and a half against New Mexico out here at Allegiant. I'm the guy that has New Mexico 17. Uh, I just think UNLV was fortunate last week, again, plus six turnovers. So it was a little bit better than the final. I think, obviously, we've seen money on the under. It's tough to get margin when you got a relatively low total. I mean, New Mexico has played, you know, they played LSU last week. I'm sure the stats weren't good. I know UNLV has been really good against the numbers so far. Uh, New Mexico last two season, uh, seasons hasn't been great, but uh, I'm going to lean with the Lobos tomorrow night. But, you know, make sure you shop. 14 and a half is a lot more enticing than 14. What about Washington, UCLA? Huskies, uh, two and a half, three on the road against the Bruins. Yeah, I'll lay the two and a half. I mean, it's more of a play against UCLA and their lack of quality opposition that the Bruins have played so far this season. They have played one team UCLA has in my top 115. That was a game they needed a field goal in the final play of the game to beat South Alabama. So Washington, the more proven commodity. Washington 4-0 and against the spread. Washington's new head coach, in my opinion, Kalen DeBoer, the most underrated coach in college football, Huskies role. All right, I want to go to the morning slate on Saturday. I I figured the market was going to be a little too high on Michigan because of three cupcakes, not really knowing how to read them. Uh, Opened up 20 against the Terps, went down to 17. They didn't cover. Actually, you can make an argument. They probably should have lost the game to Maryland. Uh, But now you get Iowa. They're on the road. They're upwards of 11. Is this too much? Well, as you uh, speak that, you're probably speaking it into existence because we've seen 10 pop at a few shops in town. So we are seeing the buyback on Iowa. I mean, I get it, and Iowa has a history uh, of playing these top 10 teams very tough in Kinnick Stadium, but I'm here to tell you that not all those Iowa teams had this Iowa offense. And I know they've had mediocre offense the last decade, but they haven't had truly pitiful offense, and that's what they have. So, I look, I think they can keep Michigan's offense in check, but still, I, I don't expect Iowa to offensively score more than maybe 13 points. So give me the, uh, the Wolverines here. 
All right, two-parter for one game, first of which is how much have you upgraded Minnesota, if at all, with this offense? They look pretty good, although the schedule is a little eh so far. And the flip side of it, too, is how much is Aiden O'Connell worth to a point spread for Purdue? I've upgraded Minnesota six points, and they were uh, a team that I bet over their season win total. So I was actually higher on the market of Minnesota coming into the season. I mean, they're up to number nine by power right wow. now. So, I mean, that tells you how dominant Minnesota's been. Look, you can only play the teams on your schedule. They've blown everybody out and look dominant doing so. So uh, with, with Purdue, uh, I think the downgrade of O'Connell, even though it's an offensive-friendly system, it wasn't a good look last week against Florida Atlantic. Uh, for me, it's it's three points. So I, I bet Minnesota on the open here. Anything less than two touchdowns, I'm laying it with the Gophers. So you have your numbers and your ratings. How, how much do you take, like, for example, I wanted to go to Alabama and Arkansas because Alabama gets bet up to a 17-point favorite here against Arkansas. Do you put any weight, though, in the fact that our, uh, Alabama uh, this year, of course, the road spot against Texas, and last year had some pretty tough road spots they didn't look really great against. Does that factor into your handicap at all as it hit the road to take on the Razorbacks? Yeah, factors in my handicap, not necessarily my, you know, I have my power ratings, which, yeah. you know, that doesn't care about situation or anything like that. Uh, you know, my power ratings have this right around 16, so not surprised some early money, you know, natural progression at Alabama going to 17. Uh, you're right. I mean, the fact that they've struggled consistently the last couple of years on the road to get margin says I would lean Arkansas plus 17 and a half, but... Watching the end of that game against A&M, I mean, they were distraught on the sidelines for losing that game, and I'm just not sure Alabama's the team you want to play the, the very next week after a really tough loss. Brad Powers at Brad Powers 7 up on Twitter. What are we doing with Wake and Florida State? I'm going to bet the over. I mean, I'm going to respect the money on Florida State. I mean, I think a lot of people would probably be surprised if they're laying, you know, six and a half, seven points after Wake was only getting seven last week. I know home away splits, but still, I mean, that's, uh, you know, Florida State's being treated like a top 15 team at this point. Uh, over for me, I think Wake can take advantage of Florida State's uh, defense that's a little bit banged up. And then I also think Florida State, I mean, Jordan Travis is one of the most improved quarterbacks in the country, and I you know Mike Norvell's calling the plays again uh, on offense, and he's doing a good job. Is NC State going to beat Clemson? No, I mean, I, I like Clemson, but I'm here to tell you, I like the over better, and uh, if you want to get closing line value, which is the name of the game, over is the way to go. And I'm, I, here's why: weather is not it's, it's, right now the total of 43, 43 and a half. That's being priced in like there's going to be bad weather. Well, I mean, if you check the forecast now; weather isn't going to be bad. It's not going to rain. There isn't going to be any wind, so 43 is too low. Over. Did you think when you were watching that game against Wake Forest, Clemson secondary was that like a real issue, or is that Wake Forest just being Wake Forest? No, I think it's a significant issue because even, you know, shame on me for not paying attention to it the week before. It kind of showed up against Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech had eight pass plays of 19 yards or more against that Clemson secondary. Now, they were banged up. A lot of those guys are coming back in the lineup. Still, I mean, it's obvious that Brent Venables isn't calling the defense anymore for Clemson. Is Lance Leopold still being disrespected? Kansas is catching three at home against Iowa State, Brent. Like you don't know. No, I think they're, they're getting too much respect. Okay. For, I mean, I put this power rating in Iowa State 6, so I actually think you're paying a premium now on Kansas. Uh, my power ratings have said to play against Iowa State almost all season, and now all of a sudden I got a ton of value on Iowa State, and my power ratings that to me says you're paying a premium, so give me the Cyclones. I like it a lot. Utah 10 against Oregon State. Tough number. I made it 10. I mean, Utah's tight end being out, it was, you know, 
uh, tough uh, for, for a team that doesn't have a ton of playmakers on the outside. So that, that was tough. Also, you know, what's Oregon State's frame of mind after, you know, blowing a game last week? So I, I think both teams are play on teams in the Pac-12. I, I just I don't have a play in this game. Will Oregon rip apart Stanford? They're laying 17. Uh, it's a little pricey. I mean, I, I think they're the right side. I mean, I, I don't want to ever back David Shaw, but and especially Oregon had that miss. In the box score, I know people are like, oh, bad beat, no bad beat, whatever. <laughs> it's the end game for Washington State. Box score said Oregon should have won by double digits. So, uh, yeah, I think or- I like what I've seen from Oregon since the Georgia game, but I'm not willing to lay 17 at this point. What about Wazoo, Washington State, four against Cal? I think Cal's a sneaky play here. Maybe even Cal outright after Washington State's, you know, tough luck loss last week. So, uh, I, the Cal, Jay Knott's a name you need to remember. He ran for 274 yards last week, more than any running back in any FBS game so far this season. I mean, he kind of caught my eye in the UNLV game. Uh, that's a very talented kid. Uh, keep an eye on him. Cal, uh, plus four for me. Actually, a guy who played a little high school football here in town for a year, and then COVID hit, and he went back to uh, Norco, California. Jaden Ott did. I know this one's way off the radar, but it's a Mountain West school, and their quarterback is out, although the backup came in and was pretty efficient. Fresno 24 at UConn. Yeah, I mean, Fife did look pretty good against SC. I mean, at least moving the team. I mean, they had their red zone inefficiencies. Man, 24 big ones all the way across the country. Connecticut, though, is really banged up. I bet the under on the open, but it's moved down several points. Uh, it's still lean that way, but it's not a like. Highly advise watching some of Brad's video content in different spots. Brad, I know I've seen you wear the glasses before, but the reflection off the monitor, I don't, it gives like this, this unique look. <laughs> I can't describe. Has anyone mentioned it to you? Because the other day, the other day, yeah, the uh, monitor, the, the glasses reflecting, the and then all blue on. I was like, "This is quite the. This is like freaking uh, Lefty from Casino back in the day." The big glasses. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, love the big glasses. My eyes have gotten really bad, so I got those like <laughs> new computer reflective ones that okay. you know have that bluish tint. So, uh, yeah, they're different. I can tell you that. But I, I'm not. I'm not looking to style and profile. I'm just looking to be able to read a stream. Wow, no, come on, man. Brand yourself, styling and profiling. All right, what are we doing for Thursday night football? Bengals four against the Dolphins. Yeah, I like team total for the Bengals over twenty uh, six and a half. Uh, that would be my preference there. We've seen a little bit of money come in on Cincinnati. I mean, four. I mean, you're paying a premium at this point. I just think it's a bad spot for Miami. And now I'm looking at the team total. Of course, I'm quoting. Uh, something that was available uh, about a couple hours ago. I mean, maybe you shop real hard. You can find 26.5. Looks like it's up to 27 now. That's my lean. Team total Cincinnati over. Real quick, uh, quick, Brad, before we get you out of here, I forgot to ask, what do you make of Sarkeesian in the games he's been playing with Quinn Ewers? Is he going to play? Is he not? And what's he worth? The word I got uh, with boots on the ground that he's not likely to play. Uh, so we've seen a little bit of money come in on West Virginia there. Not, not that Hudson Card's that bad, but uh, I, I think West Virginia is the, the sharper side there. Brad, you're awesome. Thanks for giving us time. Good luck this weekend. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks for having me. Go to bradparasports.com and get the VIP packages. Awesome stuff. Brad plays a lot of games. Yes. He plays a lot of games, and he wins. And he puts the tickets up uh, afterwards, uh, well, before – he had, what, 200-plus bets on the opening numbers and all throughout the summer, and now I like his glasses. Was that a weird question? I'm actually thinking I think I might go with glasses like that as well. I like the, the freaking big – it's like a look. I've been, try, I've been debating what I'm going to do with my glasses. i got to get a new look. 
I don't like my glasses. You might want to change your hair for a new look. What do you mean? I don't know. You've, you've had the same hair for a long time. Change source, it up. It's a source option. Maybe, source, a, maybe source, a Caesar. I've actually wanted to go buzz like two, like a two all the way around. I used to, oh, I used that would to be rock awesome. it. Yeah. Then you're like the kind of intimidating psycho gambler. Oh, you should have seen when I accidentally went zero because of a, a mishap. Yeah. Serving coffee at Starbucks. People, people are fear, no fearful. More, no more. Uh, you want black coffee? Yeah, right. You're like, what? <laughs> Cookie straw? Not today. Don't touch anything on the counter unless I say you can touch it. That's right. Haircut changes everything. It really does. All right, get on down here. Silver Sevens is the spot in Sin City to watch Thursday night football. Seventy-seven cent bottles of beer. Thanks for being with us. Another edition of Cofield and Company is in the books. You've been listening to the uh, Battleborn Sports Hour. You can hear it each day in Reno and Vegas, 4 to 5, and it's archived at lvsportsnetwork.com.